This is Three Valleys Radio. It's Friday night, time for the racing show. We've got it all. Top tipsters. Top trainers. Top jockeys. Plus all the news. So if racing's your game, this is the programme for you. Good evening and welcome to the racing show here on Three Valleys Radio. Now in case you hadn't noticed, it's Derby week this week and just to whet your appetite for the big day at Epsom tomorrow, we've got a few commentaries of previous Derby winners going back over the years. We've also got all the news with Mike Padden and also we have got Colin Brown and Rod Millman who's absolutely flying at the moment and Tom Ward. Uh, and Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing. So pretty much full up, full on show for you today. We're going to start with Mike Padden and all the news from the Racing Post. Hello and welcome to the Racing News. And uh, with a big thank you to the Racing Post for the information, we have lots to do today and lots to get through. So we'll get on with our first story. Aidan O'Brien could saddle up to six runners in Saturday's Kazoo Derby at Epsom after the five-day confirmations were revealed on Monday lunchtime. Bolshai Ballet, High Definition, Kiprios, Lamarack, the Mediterranean and Van Gogh are the remaining Ballet Doyle hopefuls in the 19 entries for the Classic with stablemates Hector de Marie and Sandhurst taken out. D Stakes winner El Drama was amongst others uh, not confirmed, as well as recent uh, Gallinule Stakes scorer Ellswood, the once raced Gloucestershire and Cockhack Stakes second Ibir, Etonian Staywell Taipan and Saddle Creek, all big priced outsiders, will also not be contesting the £1.125 million race. Irish 2000 Guineas winner Max Swiney, Fairway Stakes winner John Leeper, Dante winner Hurricane Lane and Newmarket Stakes scorer Mohafeth remain in contention and are prominent in the betting. In early jockey bookings on the BHA site, Osin Murphy is aboard Adiar, William Buick on Hurricane Lane, Sylvester de Souza is jocked up on Lone Eagle, and Jim Crowley will maintain the partnership with Mohafeth. James Doyle is booked for the ride on one ruler, Andrea Adzeni will be on board third round, and Tom Marquan will partner Youth Spirit. And also from the Racing Post, the Anfield faithful know you'll never walk alone. But five of Liverpool's most famous footballers will be hoping to see their horse come home alone in front when Mr McCann makes his debut for an extremely famous group of owners on Tuesday. Liverpool captain Jordan Henderson, teammates James Milner, Alex Ozadie-Chamberlain, 
Trent Alexander-Arnold and Andy Robertson, plus former cop favourite and now Brighton player Adam Laliana, are the six owners of Mr McCann, who begins his racing career in Leicester's opening novice event at 125. To complete the red connection, the Kodiak Colt is named after the club's press officer, Matt McCann, and is trained at Liverpool legend Michael Owen's Manor House Stables by Tom Dascombe. Henderson and Alexander Arnold were last week named in Gareth Southgate's provisional 33-man squad for the delayed Euro 2020 Championships. Together with their four fellow owners, they have multiple international caps and a combined Twitter following of just under 10 million people. Mr McCann's rider Richard Kingscoat will carry the largely red silks of AJT Group. The AJT referring to the initials of their first names and is certain to create considerably more interest in the British Stallion Studs EBF novice stakes than the race would otherwise attract. It's great a few of the lads have decided to get involved in racing, said Owen. We've been keeping them regularly updated on their horses' progress and a couple of them have been down to Manor House Stables to meet him and watch him on the gallops. Daz Coombe, who has enjoyed introducing Milner and Oxlade Chamberlain to their horse, is looking forward to seeing Mr McCann line up against five rivals in the five furlong event. Uh, Daz Coombe said he's a £65,000 breeze-up horse who we liked at the sales and he has done nothing wrong since he's been here. He added, I'm sure that like a lot of our horses, he'll improve for the run and I'll be very disappointed if his owners don't have some fun with him. We've had a bit of a laugh on Saturday, he said, as we galloped to Mr McCann upside uh, Sir Alec Ferguson's two-year-old Red Power. So we had Liverpool versus Manchester United, and I'm not going to say which side won. Milner has already taken a close interest in racing this year due to the success of Mrs Milner in the Potemps final at the Cheltenham Festival. Following the race, he tweeted, Yeah, to save me replying to everyone who's whops at me. Yes, I backed it. No, it's not my horse. And yes, the wife is demanding all of the winnings. And now from the Racing Post, back to the Kazoo Derby Festival. There is just days to go until the Kazoo Derby Festival, featuring the third and fourth British classics of the season, the Oaks and the Derby, with the two-day meeting attracting the most talented horses, trainers and jockeys in flat racing. Held on the picturesque at Epsom Downs in Surrey, the meeting is the highlight of the summer for many and crowns the best of the three-year-old generation. The Oaks at 4.30 headlines Friday's action as the year's finest fillies face off before their male counterparts take centre stage on Saturday for the Derby at 4.30, which is the richest and most prestigious flat event in British racing. But why is the meeting so important? Only a few racing events successfully permeate the British public's consciousness and the Derby in its 242nd running in 2021 remains one of them. The honour of the oldest British classic may go to Doncaster St Ledger, but the most prestigious and sought-after title undoubtedly belongs to Epsom. The Group 1, run over a mile and a half, pits the best middle-distance three-year-old Colts against each other for a supreme and unforgiving challenge over the undulating track. 
Many of history's greatest racehorses have won the Derby, including Seabird, Nijinsky, Millreef and Shergar, as well as modern greats See the Stars and Golden Horn, who went on to win the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe in Paris later the same year. It's the biggest flat racing betting event of the year and carries a total prize fund this year of £1.125 million with £375,000 on offers for the Phillies Only Oaks. The Derby also forms the middle leg of the Triple Crown along with the 2,000 guineas and St Ledger. The difficulty of achieving that feat is illustrated by the fact that there have only been 15 Triple Crown winners in history, with the last being Nijinsky in 1970. Which horses are in contention for the Derby? Well, after several underwhelming trials, Bolshe Ballet catapulted himself to the top of the market with a dominant display at Leopardstown in the Derrystown Stud Derby trial, and he boasts some of the strongest form on offer. The son of prolific sire and Derby winner Galileo replaced his fellow Aidan O'Brien trained stablemate High Definition, who had been strongly fancied over the winter before returning an unsatisfactory blood test prior to his planned reappearance at Lingfield, and then managing only third behind fellow Derby hopeful Hurricane Lane in the Dante at York. There is one classic winner already in the mix, courtesy of Irish 2000 Guineas hero Max Swiney. Although his win at the Carrar also provided a boost to Bolshoi Ballet backers, given he finished almost seven lengths behind the Derby favourite at Leopardstown. John Leeper has looked a bit of a handful in his two races this campaign, but has nonetheless won stylishly on both occasions, while Mahafeth and Third Realm are also in the mix. However, it certainly can pay to follow those at much bigger prices, as backers of recent surprise winners Serpentine, who came in at 25-1, to 1, and Wings of Eagles, who came in at 40-1, to 1, can attest. Now the 4.30 Epsom Saturday Kazoo Derby card and betting. Yes, which horses are in contention for the Oaks? Despite lacking experience, Santa Barbara is a hot favourite to give leading breeding operation Coolmore a record eighth winner in the race. She is one of a battalion of stars being aimed at the race by Irish supremo Aidan O'Brien, who has won the race in four of the last six years and also saddles the well-fancied Snowfall and Divinely. British interests are represented by several contenders to come out of the traditional pre-Epsom Oaks trials. Noonstar and Tiona, second and third to Snowfall in the Group 3 Mizidora Stakes at York, are prominent in the betting, as are Cheshire Oaks, 1-2 Dubai Fountain and Zayada. What are the other Epsom highlights? The Oaks and Derby are not the only Group 1 races of the weekend, and Friday's Coral Coronation Cup at 3.10 deserves an almost equal billing to the two classics, such as the Quality Fair usually on display. Run over the same distance for horses aged four and above, the race often features performers who competed in last year's classics and can see the best fillies and mares compete against their male counterparts. Whereas a horse can race in the Derby or Oaks only once, the Coronation Cup often produces repeat winners, and in 2013, the Aidan O'Brien-trained St Nicholas Abbey became the first to win three Coronation Cups. 
the William Haggis trained Alazi, an effortless winner of two Group 3s this campaign, is the strong favourite to make the jump up to Group 1 company a successful one. And the four-year-old would be a fitting winner for owner Shadwell Estate after the death of Sheikh Hamdan Al Maktoum earlier this year. Two Group 3s, the Princess Elizabeth Stakes at 2.35 and the Kasoo Diomed Stakes at 3.10 form the undercard on Saturday, along with the Blink and You'll Miss It Epsom Dash at 3.45 for sprinters run over the shortest distance of five furlongs. So, what trainers and jockeys will be competing at the Kazoo Derby Festival? A who's who of flat racing will descend upon Epsom, all eager to etch their names into the history books. Aidan O'Brien, the winning most trainer in the history of the Derby, is set to bring a typically strong legion of colts and fillies across from Ballydoyle. The master trainer has a stranglehold at the top of the betting for the two classics, and Ryan Moore will have his pick of a mouth-watering selection of rides, with the inimitable Frankie de Tory waiting in the wings to pick up the best of the rest. Newmarket trainer Charlie Appleby won the derby for the first time in 2018 with Massar, and he appears to have the strongest hand of the British trainers. William Buick and James Doyle are the retained riders for Godolphin. William Haggis could be set for a profitable weekend, courtesy of Al Azy in the Coronation Cup and Halfeth in Derby. While fellow Newmarket trainer Roger Varian has several strong chances as he bids for a second classic. Champion jockey Ogeen Murphy has been in excellent form as he bids for a third straight jockey's title and will be in action across the weekend, as will Holly Doyle, who was third in last year's Sports Personality of the Year and, and rides Sherbet Lemon in the Oaks. Now, can I still buy tickets? Crowds in their thousands would usually flock to the south of England for Derby weekend. The capacity this year will be capped at 4,000 due to coronavirus restrictions. Nevertheless, the eyes of the racing world will be squarely on the downs for 48 hours and saddling a winner in any of the 14 races held over the two days is a feat to be cherished. General tickets went to a ballot and sold out immediately. However, there are still limited numbers of hospitality tickets available for the Oaks and Derby Day. So how can I watch the racing? All of the quality action will be aired on ITV and Racing TV. ITV will broadcast five races on Friday and Saturday, including the Coronation Cup, Oaks and Derby. Racing TV will have full uninterrupted coverage of every race each day. And you can also watch all live races from Epsom through the Racing Post website and the Racing Post app. Log into your bookmaker account and look on the race cards for eligible races. Click the red Watch Live Now icon and they're off. So who should I bet on at the Kazoo Derby Festival? Have a look at the cards and check out our free bet offers here at the Racing Post to start with and then stay up to the date with the Racing Post website, mobile app and newspaper for our expert betting advice and all the latest news in the run-up to the big weekend. Now, it's full steam ahead to this week's Epsom Classics, the Kazoo Derby and Kazoo Oaks, and Classic Clues, our Racing Post series running every morning, has you covered. Here's a recap of the latest classic news and how it's impacted the big race betting. We start with O'Brien drops more hint for Bolshoi Ballet. 
Kazoo favourite Bolshoi Bale shortened at the head of the market on Sunday as his trainer Aidan O'Brien hinted that stable jockey Ryan Moore may find it hard to jump off the Derristown Derby trial winner. O'Brien was speaking on luck on Sunday and said it would be very hard for Moore to ride one of his other stars in the race with jockey bookings to be decided early this week. Bolshoi Bally has been the strong favourite for the derby since his demolition job at Leperstown earlier this month and he heads the betting at 6-4 from 15-8 to eight with Coral to give his trainer a record-extending ninth win in the race. Stablemate High Definition is next in the betting at a best price 4 to 1 with Irish 2000 Guineas winner Max Swiney and John Leeper available at, at 11 to 2 and 7 to 1. Coral's David Stevens said Bolshoi Ballet is certain to start favourite for the Kazoo Derby following his two wins this season and added with Aidan O'Brien strongly hinting that Ryan Moore will be on board the Derristown winner on Saturday the Colts position at the head of the betting will only be cementing. Also some news on the Racing Post Tiona shortens for Oaks as Varian Titans grip. While fellow O'Brien trained Santa Barbara remains solid at the top of the Kazoo Oaks betting, the Roger Varian trained Tiona has been cut to 6-1 to one from 7 for Classic Glory on Friday. Out of the Group 1 winning mare Ambivalent, Tiona was a striking winner at Newcastle last November and lost little in defeat when third in the Musidora Stakes, in which she raced two freely. She will be one of three representatives for Varian in the Oaks, with the Shadwell-owned Zayadar also bound for Epsom, having finished second in the Cheshire Oaks on her latest start, as well as Lingfield Oaks trial second, Saver Forest. Some more news now. You spirit owner seeking Epsom redemption. Ahmad al-Sheikh will be in attendance at Epsom on Saturday as Youth Spirit bids to take the Dubai-based owner one place better in the Kazoo Derby. Sheikh is the owner of Khalifa Sat, who finished second behind shock winner Serpentine when set off at 50-1 to 1 last year, but has a more fancied chance this time around with Chester Vars hero Yu Spirit. The son of Camelot finished fourth in the field and stakes on his return, but relished the step-up in trip when winning the Group 3 at Chester earlier in the month. He is a best price, 33-1 to 1 for the Derby, and the owner is spending a period of quarantine to be in attendance on the Downs. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Right, let's have a look and see what racing we've got lined up for you this weekend, apart from, obviously, the dark. First off, then, there are seven races at Epsom, where the start time of two o'clock... And, of course, the derby kicks off at 4.30. There are seven races over the jumps at Tramore in Ireland, where the start of 12.35. Also in Ireland, seven races on the flat at Listole, with a 1.15 start. Seven races on the flat at Doncaster, with a 1.20 start. Seven races over the jumps at Hexham, 1.30 start. Seven races over the flat at Musselburgh, with a 1.40 start. Seven races over the jumps at Worcester, with a 1.45 start. Seven races on the flat at Chepstow with a six o'clock start. Seven races on the flat at Lingfield with a 5.45 start. And also if you're popping over to Australia, Eagle Farms has got one race at 6.53. And Belmont Park in the USA, there are nine races there with a start time of 5.47. So basically, there's one hell of a lot of racing this weekend. But of course, all eyes will be on Epsom. Well now, before we catch up with Rod Millman, I thought it would be really great to catch up with a few memories of some classic derbies 
over the years. So we've got we put together I think ten uh, just to uh, tickle your fancy and get you in the mood for Epsom tomorrow afternoon. So have a listen to these. And we're going to start with the great, the fantastic Sugar in the 1981 uh, derby with, of course, Walter Swinburne on board. Start as order as they go without Lydian. 18 runners for the derby and the first to show in front is Silver Season up there, Riberetto and also Golden Brigadier. That's the leader in the early stages. The favourite is also well placed in the early stages and as they go up the hill it's Riberetto in the lead from Sunley Bills up there with him. Then Silver Season, behind Silver Season towards the inside, Shergar, beautifully placed. And then comes Sheergrit, behind Sheergrit on the outside, Al Nazar and Church Parade and Shotgun well in the picture, Kind of Hush comes next. And then comes Glint of Gold at the tail end of the field is Waverley Hall. And the favourite is beautifully placed as they go up under the mile and a quarter gate. With Riberetto showing the way to Silver Season and Sunday Bill, Shergar a close third. Then comes Al Nazar for France, the only French runner in the race now. Then Church Parade. Then Shotgun on the inside with Lester Pickett. Then Scintillating Air and Sheer Grit and Golden Brigadier. They're followed by Krug. Behind Krug towards the inside is King's General. Then Glint of Gold and then Robolino. And towards the rear of the field are Sass and Caliglow and Waverley Hall. And the favourite has gone up into third place at the top of the hill. In fact, at the top of the hill, Riberetto and Silver Season are still disputing it. Two lengths in front of Shergar. Then a gap of about four lengths to Shotgun and Church Parade. Then Scintillating Air. Then another little gap to Sheer Grit. Behind Sheer Grit on the inside comes Sunley Bills dropping back. Glint of Gold going forward. And they're at the top of the hill now and Shergar is poised very close in third place. Now they're beginning the descent to Tattenham Hill with Riberetto on the inside, Silver Season on the outside, Shergar poised towards the outside in third, Scintillating Air comes next, and then comes Church Parade and Shotgun. Those are the first seven as they come down Tattenham Hill and turn at Tattenham Corner, and they're at Tattenham Corner now, and Shergar moving sweetly on the outside, takes up the running. On the far side, Riberetto on the rails, but Shergar is the leader with three furlongs to go. He's gone two lengths clear of Silver Season, and he's opening up a lead now. Shergar's going for the guns. He's gone four, five, six, seven, eight lengths clear. Shotgun swirls under pressure. Two furlongs out. The derby is a procession. Shergar is ten lengths clear. Scintillating air gets into second place. Church parade and shotgun. Prince of Gold come next. There's only one horse in it. You need a telescope to see the rest. They have a column to go, and Shagar is galloping them into the ground. Fifteen lengths at least. Wally Swinburne looks round. He's on his own. Shagar, clear of his field. He's climbed this mountain. He has eased up. Shagar wins the derby. Glint of gold is second. Scintillating air is third. Shotgun four. Church parade five. Then Shagrin. Well, that was back in 1981. Shagar winning by an absolute mile. A fantastic performance. What a horse. And what might he have been? Forward to 1985 now, and slip anchor. For the Everybody Derby, that's it. And they're away. It's a pretty level break, and we expect Steve Gawthorn on slip anchor to slip through into the lead, and he does just that. But Snowplant, that one stays too, and he is with him. But it's slip anchor in the lead from Snowplant in second. Then just in behind these comes uh, Danister up on the very wide outside. It's slip anchor in the lead from the French Raider Sirah in second. Then behind these comes Fardanti in third. Supreme leader up on the outside. Lester Pickett with quite a bit to do on theatrical as they come down towards the halfway stage and they begin the descent to Tattenham Corner.
and as they do so, it's Stepanka in the lead by four lengths to Fardanti in second. Then in third comes Sura, fourth up on the outside, supreme leader. Then Shadid, Law Society, main reason being uh, scrubbed along. Theatrical with quite a bit to do. And they're at the halfway stage of the Everready Derby, and the favourite Stepanka is four lengths clear for Steve Corfin. The back marker is Snowplant. Potoski comes out of the pack to throw down the challenge, but he's going to have to motor already. They're past the five furlong pole. Leicester figured on the extreme left of the picture. Shadid going sweetly, the horse with the noseband. But Stepanka has slipped the field for Steve Corfin. He's really blazing a trail as he turned around Captain Corner. This is a sparkling performance. They've got over three furlongs to go. We know the horse stays and surely Steve has stolen it. They've got just over three to go. One horse in the picture. And that is Slip Anchor. Steve Corbin reckons this horse is the best horse he's ever ridden. He could prove it here today because Law Society's in second place. Supreme Leader is third. Then comes Shadeen who's being pulled up at the rear of the field. But they've got just two and a half to go. Two to go. Steve looks right on Slip Anchor. This is a blistering pillar to post victory here. He's eight ten lengths clear from the second horse Law Society. Third is Supreme Leader. Theatrical hanging under pressure. Staying on his land franco. There's nothing to get anywhere near his stable companion. That's Slip Anchor. This is Steve Corbin. Steve's first derby victory. Tridden out for the post. Staying home. Coming home well. One horse race. And that's Slip Anchor. Slip Anchor the winner. Society second, close for third between Damaster, who stayed on well, and then came Supreme Leader, then Lanfranco, then Fardanti, and behind that one came Reach, then Theatrical. Well, that was 1985, of course, and Slip Anchor and Steve Cawthon on board for Lord Howard de Walwyn, a seventh length winner. And a pretty good time, too, 2 minutes 36.23 seconds. So next up, we go on to 1986, only a year up the road. And this time we're looking at Shara Stani and Walter Swidman. Look is last of all, but it's Nomrud who leads from far away down to second. Then comes Nisnat in third. Now comes Sh uh, Shara Stani making ground on the outside. And from here on in, Dancing Brave in the pink cap, not in the picture, is into unknown territory. As the pace quickens at last in the Ever Ready Derby. Three furlongs to go, it's Nomrud in the lead. Dancing Brave on the extreme left. Starts to pick up ground. Two and a half to go. Nomrud, faraway dancer. Sharastani with a white face comes there strongly. Then again, Dancing Brave is on the extreme left, starting the motor. But oh, so much to do. One and a half, he whips to do it. And Sharastani goes to home. But here, powering down the centre of the track, is the red hot favourite, Dancing Brave, inside the final furlough. Sharastani from Dancing Brave. Dancing Brave closing with every stein. Sharastani just hung on. Probably one of the most unlucky losers in the case of Dancing Brave there. Only half a length behind Sharastani and Walter Swinburne, but uh, a fantastic, fa pulsating finish to the race. Well, now we move on to 1989, and it was the turn of Hamdan Al Maktoum, Willie Carson, and of course, the great Nashwan. But that's it, they're lined up and they break away, and a pretty level break it was too. And as they come through the first furlong, expect to see 
Polar Run in front with a red cap and Polar Run is going on to make it a strong pace. With in second place, Lockton Zoe, in third is Kakoethes, Lying Handy Classic fame, Nashwan in the blue jacket is settled five, Torjun racing pace, uh, racing fast up on the outside of Kakoethes. They swing right-handed and continue to make this stiff uphill climb. And it's Polar Run leading by three parts of the length to his... And then comes Flockton Zone. Terry Mon is the back marker, uh, sharing last place with Mill Pond. But they begin the descent to Tattenham Corner. And at this stage, the favourite Nashwan in the blue jacket is well-placed in fourth on the outside of the rank outside of Flockton Zone. But it's Kakoethes in front now as they begin the descent. And with just over four furlongs to go, Torju next to the rails. Kakoethes cruising on the outside of him. Then behind these comes Ildeniski. Nashwan now pushed along in but Greville Starkey goes for home with three furlongs to go in the ever-ready derby. Kakoethes pressed on the outside by Eldeniski, but here comes Nashwan with a good-looking split. Torjun back in four. They race down towards the two-furlong marker, and the duel we expected is materialising. But it's Nashwan that goes on. It's Nashwan and Willie Carson, a length ahead of Kakoethes and Greville Starkey. A furlong and a half to go in the derby, and Nashwan has it. Kakoethes in second place. Back in third is Terrymon, but inside the final furlong, Nashwan provides an electrifying burst of speed. It's a one-horse race. Willie Carson in the drive position. Nashwan wins it easily. At the line, Nashwan is the winner. Terrymon came through to be second, Kakoethes third. Then came Ildeniski and Milbon, followed by Grandal, the classic fame. 1999 next, when Henry Cecil clinched his fourth derby win with a horse called Oaf. And it was Kieran Fallon on board. As they uh, kick, uh, come across the track, it's all the way from Oath holds a good position. On the inside, Val Royal, these are one, two and three. Frankie on Dubai Millennium sits uh, all about three lengths off the pace. Rick from the back beat all starts to run. Val Royal, he's looking for room on Dubai Millennium, doesn't find any. Lucido in a barging match, they come past the two. And here comes Oath under Kieran Fallon on the outside of Daliapur and Gerald Mossier head to head. From the back beat all starts to pick up. Housemaster with a giant run. Then all the way and glance inside the final furlong now. And I swear it's Oath in the lead. Up towards the line. Oath is going to win the Vodafone Derby. Kieran Fallon there winning the fourth derby for Henry Cecil back in 1999 on Oath. Forward to 2007 when Frankie Dettori, everybody's favourite, he finally clinched a derby win with Authorised in 2007. One of the first to drop back in the early stages. Akalim is up there early. Soldier of Fortune is also there as they sort themselves out. It's a furious early pace here. Up there too is Kid Mambo and also there is Anton Chekhov as they settle down. Further back in the field, Authorised is about fourth last. The green jacket on the extreme left as they uh, race towards us head on. So the leaders here are Kid Mambo who's up there in company with Anton on Chekhov and just behind them in third Akalim, followed then on the inside by Acapulco and Lacano has got over into a very handy spot as well, Tattenham corner and authorised in about 8th position it's Kid Mambo out in front here from Anton Chekhov, flat to the boards in behind them is Acapulco followed then by Lacano and Akalim and then Soldier of Fortune Strategic Prince, then on the inside is Admiral of the Fleet, further back then is Authorised who comes around Tattenham corner in about 8th or ninth 
ninth position and with plenty of room to move on the outside as they straighten up for home now and it's Kid Mambo who kicks away here by four lengths. Lucano goes into second, followed then by Soldier of Fortune, then Akaleem the outside, further back then is Authorised, is on the outside in the clear, he's cruising up to them, the favourite, as they race up with a furlong and a half to go now, Authorised, he says go Frankie, he races into the lead and careers away, then Akaleem, Soldier of Fortune, Lucano giving chase, but it's all Authorised, and Frankie Dottori at the 15th attempt, lays the rest, his derby ghost, as up to the line, Authorised, wins in a canter by five or six lengths. In second place then is Eagle Mountain, tight third, Locano and Akalim behind them. So Frankie finally does it for Peter Chapelheim on Authorised. And it's Frankie again now when we move forward to 2015, when the little Italian cruised home on Golden Horn for John Gosling. 18 in Vestec Derby, a mile and a half, and they're on their way. Just a little stumble from Saxon Warrior, leaving the starting stalls. DXB is ridden forward, so too Massar, and Q Gardens in the pink cap on the outside, and Night to Behold are ensuring a good early pace as they race steeply uphill through the early stages. Close up to is the Pentagon, then Massar, followed by Hazapur, Saxon Warrior, towards the inside of Massar, out wider is Young Rascal, followed by Roaring Lion, who's held up towards the rear of the field with Zabriskie as still they climb. Savannah Star is the back marker, and now racing on towards the nine furlong marker. Night to behold, the Lingfield winner from Kew Gardens. Hazapur up the inside of the Pentagon in the black cap. They are tracked further back in fifth by DXB. Saxon Warrior is in sixth place. Followed then by Massar. On the inside in a white cap is Delano Roosevelt. Young Rascal behind these, along with Roaring Line. And the pace looking pretty relentless here as they're quite well strung out. Savannah Star at the back. Zabriskie is nudged along as they reach the top of the race course. Night to behold by three quarters of a length to Kew Gardens. They have a couple of lengths on the Pentagon. Hazapur is back in fourth place on the inside, well positioned in the hands of Frankie Dottori. Then DXB. Saxon Warrior still lying about sick. The inside under Ryan Moore in the purple cap. The inside of the all blue jacketed Massar. Uh, then behind these is Roaring Lines of Brisky. Young Rascal trying to make ground out wide in the yellow silks. Blue jacket. Roaring Lion trying to get on turns. And then DXB. Saxon Warrior is behind them. Now begins to stay on. But it's Massar that leads the way in the blue colours of Godolphin. William Buick. Roaring Lion. Now unleashed down the outside. Racing up towards the line. Massar by two legs to Roaring Lion and DXB. And it's Massar's Investec Derby. In the hands of William Buick for Godolphin. Tight second DXB staying on well on the far side of Roaring Lion. So William Buick wins his first derby in 2018 on Massar for Charlie Appleby. 2019 now. And it's uh, Aidan O'Brien to the fore with Anthony Van Dyke. They're ready for the 2019 Investec Derby. And they're off. Racing away from the mile and a half start, Broom and Humanitarian were a little bit slow to go. Telecaster is out boldly. So too Anthony Van Dyke and Circus Maximus ridden forward with Norway in the white cap towards the outside. They're chased by Line of Duty and then Mad Moon midfield with Japan and Bangkok and Sir Dragon A on the outside, Hiroshima. Uh, Broom is second last and Humanitarian is the early back marker as they race right-handed through a few shadows and it's now Sovereign that bounds on as they cross across to 
the inside and Sovereign leading the way as they go up the hill by a couple of lengths or so. They're followed by Mad Moon. Behind those is Anthony Van Dyke. Line of duty making ground in the all-blue jacket. Bangkok further back down the home straight. Sovereign and Norway coming back to the field. Circus Maximus to Dragon A on the outside. Mad Moon is right there now inside the final two furlongs. Mad Moon and Sir Dragon A chased by Broom in third. Then Anthony Van Dyke down the outside. Japan is running on well. Mad Moon and Sir Dragon A fighting it out. Anthony Van Dyke on the far side inside the final furlong. Anthony Van Dyke, Sir Dragon A and Mad Moon racing up towards the line. On the near side, Japan with Broom. Anthony Van Dyke has won it. Anthony Van Dyke is another win in the derby for Ballydor. Ballydor Bonanza. Uh, real close for the miners. Japan out. So, Aidan O'Brien does it again. This time, Shamey Hefferman on board. Anthony Van Dyke. And that brings us to last year's winner, the 2020 derby, which was again Mr. Aidan O'Brien. And this time it was Serpentine. And this was the one where Serpentine bounded into a huge lead. And he didn't come back. As they begin the run downhill towards the rear, still worthily mythical is last in a pink jacket. Pile driver is well back, and so is the slow starter Emissary and Mohican Heights. So they're well strung out as they begin the long run down the hill towards Tattenham Corner. And out in front and out clear is Serpentine, chased by Khalifa, sat in second place. Oron Navian is back in third. Then behind these is Max Vega. Kamiko is about fifth on the outside of mogul but well off the leader then gold mazes serpentine in splendid isolation is going to turn round tattenham corner with a 12 length lead in the derby chased by khalifa sat in second oron of it is this leader going to come back kamiko gold maze and then max vega and mogul two and a half furlongs left to cover emmett mcnamara gets to work on serpentine now he's still got eight or ten lengths over khalifa sat oron navian down the outside kamiko is trying to stay on behind these a furlong and a half left for the leader the last home serpentine still by eight to ten lengths over khalifa sat oron navian mogul and kamiko and serpentine is not stopping he's made it all he's out clear all the way it's six or seven lengths still and serpentine for a remarkable win in the investec derby khalifa sat maybe second Oran Navian and English King running on third and fourth probably. There you are, 2020, and it was Serpentine with Emmett McNamara for, of course, Aidan O'Brien and Bally Doyle. So that brings us to this year. Who's going to win? Well, stay tuned to the racing show, and hopefully we'll have a few suggestions for you. Certainly, we should be talking to our trainers, and we should be talking, of course, to Colin Brown and Dave Wilson and see what their tips are for the derby. Frankly, I don't think you can have a tip for a derby. It's usually usually the favourite. Um, but this year's, I just got a feeling it's a slightly more open race than usual. But we shall see. Right then, now it's time to join up with Rod Millman down at Columpton. Well, good afternoon, Rod. Um, I suppose you perhaps call today the lull before the storm for you, isn't it? Looking at the number of entries you've got lined up. Well, I have got too many. We're not so busy as last week. Um, what have we got? We've got... Um Two tomorrow at um, Bath. Bath, yeah, and then we've got two two chaps till Saturday and one at Doncaster. Not too bad. Well, yeah. one Sunday at um, at uh, Goodwood as well. So, yeah, no, then... not 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 an awful awful busy week this week. And Monday and Tuesday. 
And Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> oh, that's, that's bit later in the week, that is. I don't even think about that. But uh, but generally, the horses are still running well, aren't they? Yeah, we couldn't keep up the strike rate we had previous week. I mean, you know, we've only got 35 horses, so... Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, once, once, you, once your horses have won a race, a handicap, and they, they might win two a season. If you, you you struggle to win more than two a season with a handicap, you know? Yeah, yeah, quite, quite. But but nonetheless, you mean you had a, su- a second, a silent flame second, Master Grey second, so, you know. Yeah, they both find good races, you know. And keeps the old prize money coming in, doesn't it? That's the main thing. Well, that's right, that's right. You know, it's not too bad at all, really. I've had worse weeks. Yeah. <laughs> well, looking at t- tomorrow, Rod, Crystal Cast, what sh- sort of chances has uh, he or she got? Well, she, well, she's a very genuine filly, always runs, runs a heart out. Yeah. Um, she she had a very good second to a very classy horse up at um, Nottingham early in the year. And... Um, and she ran well Kempton last time uh, we've got a very good claim on it um, Safi Osborne taking five off yeah they'll yeah. put her right in the mix you know she's a she's straight for the ride um, she should run a good race and then Sir Roderick yeah he's a little bit of a shadow of himself but we had, we've dropped into a lower grade and um, wouldn't be the biggest surprise if he put up a good performance good okay uh, and then moving on to Saturday we've got um, on the ragger tip uh, Doncaster yeah, he's a very nice horse. Um, he's got some northern owners involved, so um, he's going up here to, to give them a good day out, you know? Yeah, well, that's nice. Very, com- very competitive race, Doncaster, because it's it's middle, all, uh, northern and southern trainers mix at Doncaster. It's yeah. um, about halfway for everybody, you know? So yeah, you, yeah. you can get some quite competitive fields at Doncaster. Yeah. It's obviously homeless at Ledger. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, Mercurist. Yeah, he's at Chepstow. He had a very good all-weather campaign. Had a little setback. Now he's back running again. Um, capable horse. Must have a good chance. And finally, Sir Plato. Well, Sir Plato, he always wins his one or two every season. He's won ten races now. Yeah. Um, he's um, he's given his owners a lot of fun. Uh, I would. He always puts... He, he, he gets through in the odd bad race every now and then, and then he'll come bounce back to form. Yeah, but he likes Chepstow. He's ideally suitable and mild, but not any mild races coming up for a while. For some reason, Chepstow have only put in seven furlong races for the next four meetings. Mm, will that make that much of a difference to him, though? The extra furlong, or the you know? Anyway, not... he's, be- he's better over a mile. He has one over seven, but he's, his his main trip is a mile. Yeah, yeah. Um, so out of those five, then Rod, what you you know, where's your money going to go? Well, Crystal Crystal Calves is the um, is the She's always runs a good race, yeah. And um, be hard to see her. I'm, I'm hoping that she should be in the prize money. Good, good, good. Now, um, obviously, there's the Derby on Saturday and the Oaks on Friday. Uh, going back over the years, have you had any involvement whatsoever with the Derby? Have you had any runners in the Derby? Yeah, I've had three, two runners in the Derby. Um, they were the first year I trained. Chickle Wicker was um, he was in second place coming around Tatton Corner. Um, he only really stayed the mile and a quarter though and faded in the final furlong and yeah. the furlongs. Yeah. But it was great thrill to be involved. And um a few a few years later I had a really good horse called Prince Nureyev, who yeah. was was quietly fancied to get the money and unfortunately he put his back out when the bend. Yeah. But um he was a class horse. We went to the races with him. I suppose if he hadn't hurt himself, he probably would have fin- he could have finished in the first five. Yeah. So yeah. um but it was it was great to be involved. Um, a lot of pageantry involved, and yeah. uh, 
good fun for a young trainer to have it running in it, you know? Well, absolutely. And I mean, you know, the Derby is is the sort of the race, isn't it, really, in terms of flat flat racing in, in England. And to, to have a runner in and be involved in it, I think, must have been a fa- fantastic thrill. Oh, it was, it was. Um, and um, we've had some good winners at Epsom over the years. Um, my first ever season training, I, I won one of the big handicaps on Derby Day, which was Sporting Simon. Yeah. Back in 1990 now, a long time ago. Yeah. But. Um, it was great to be involved in it, and um, it's always been quite a lucky course to us, Epsom. Um, so it's really good fun to be there, good crowd, you know. Yeah. Owners like going there, well looked after. It's, it's one of the highlights of the season, really. Um, and what, the, about, uh, what about the Oaks, Rod? Have you had any runners in the Oaks? No, we never had, never had a fairly good enough run in the Oaks, no. No, no. But, I mean, uh, it must be the crowds are back now. I mean, you must you must notice the difference, don't you? Oh, yes. I mean, the owners are starting to buzz again, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we've been very lucky to have what racing we've had. Yeah. Uh, at least we've been able to race. But it's not been much fun for the owners and not being able to see their horses run. I mean, they're paying a lot of money to see their horses run. At least now they're going racing again now, so it's a lot better for everybody, you know. Going back to the yeah, derby, well, Rod, um, you know, you've been around for a long time watching, watching horse racing. What's your most memorable derby? that you can think on, you know, looking back on them now? Because I've I just been doing going through on YouTube, going through quite a few, and I, I know which one I thought, but I'd be interested to hear what you thought was the... Probably, probably Shogar, I suppose. Yeah, and that's exactly what I came to this. Shogar and um, Slip Anchor were the two that caught my eye more than anything else. Yeah, you know, um, and... Uh, but you see, the Derby's not so important a race for the, for the racehorses anymore, you see. Mm. The Derby winner, the Derby winner... When's, when's the last good stallion to come out of Derby, do you think? I don't know. That's, that, that's a difficult one, isn't it? Um, uh, I was going to say Frankel, but Frankel didn't run in at Derby, did he? No, no, he wouldn't uh, stay. No. So, yeah, good question. Well, I don't know. I don't, Gal- I don't... Gal- Galileo is, is the last good Derby sire. Yeah. The trouble yeah, is, in this day and age, the Derby winner is, un- is unfashionable. Yeah. It's uncommercial. Yeah. Because he stays too far, too yeah. slow. Yeah. Nowadays, everyone wants to beat speed to speed. Yeah. So, um, you know, the uh, if you most derby winners now really are going to end up national hunt stories. Yeah, yeah, I suppose they do. Yeah, yeah. But of course, going back to a, a Dancing Braves race was, I should think Dancing Brave must go down as must the most unlucky loser. Um. Yeah, I mean, it probably is, but you know, um. I mean, poor Devil got slated for it, lost his job. Yeah, race, you know. Yeah, but um, it it happens in a race like that. I mean, you know, you get back behind a few horses. Trouble is, once once you're in your position, you can't make unless you've got a good position going into in the, the top of the, the top of the hill. You're not going to change your position until you come round the bend. No, no. So so you, all the way around that bend, wherever you are, because even. Bad horses can gallop fast downhill. Yeah, well, yeah, downhill, yeah, exactly. So, um, so they don't, they don't start fading until they till they come around the bend. Yeah, and um, you know, it's not an easy when it's a big field like that. It's not an easy race to ride. No, I mean, no, absolutely. You know, and talking of talking of getting uh, getting caught, I thought that um, Abel Kane had a bit of a bit of a problem getting through on occasions. Did you think today uh, when when he yeah, ran? Yeah, he did. He was. He was beaten after half a furlong. Yeah, yeah. Once, once he couldn't get, once he got, he got stopped. I mean, he's he's a grinder. He likes to go 
a good pace all the way. Yeah. And what happened, they, they, they came out very fast, slowed it up mid-race. We ended up clipping heels, and then it was very hard. Then, then we weren't competitive after that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it was probably you, better on an uphill finish. You, you could see that, that Asheen was, you know, there were two or three occasions he tried to get out of the, uh, and he just couldn't do it. It was... Uh, no, that's right. Uh, and, you know, you could, but, yeah. you could see he was he was a beaten horse at that point. But there we go. Well, look, Rod, Ro, you're yeah, a busy man. He came in the race, okay, which is good. You know, so not too bad. Yeah, no, that's right. Definitely not. And, you know, as I say, you went two seconds, a fourth... Um, Two fours. Yeah, no, it's going well. It's going well, really. Yeah, so keep it up. Keep it up. Well, thanks okay. Thanks for joining us, sir. You're a star, as usual. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Well, that was the very buoyant uh, Rod Millman down at uh, Columpton. And now it's time to catch up with Sam Hoskins for his fortnightly review of Hot to Trot Racing. Okay, well, good afternoon, Sam. How are Hot to Trot Racing today? Yeah, very good, AD. Very good. I'm on the way back from Newmarket, where I've been uh, seeing, seeing, seeing a few horses this morning. Yeah, and what what sort of a couple of weeks since we last spoke? What sort of uh, you know what runners have we had, and what have they have they performed? Well, we've had Hot Trot One has had uh, some interesting action. Uh, Get ahead, obviously won at Ascot earlier in the month. Yeah, very exciting. And Roman Mist um, has since been a very good third at Newmarket, and Pasari uh, was a was a good third at Leicester on Monday, and uh, she's well worth following for the season ahead. Um, I've been to see her today at James Fanshaw and she looked very well. And, um, and in terms of the youngsters, we've got a, a nice buddy called You Won't Believe It. Uh, she's she's, she's going to be one to look out for in the summer, probably around July time. And, um, and then Rosebury Topping, I saw at Andrew Boardings last week and she's nice, might need a bit longer. But that's the, that's the Hot Trot 1 team. Um, and then two Hot to Trot, which you're involved with. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, one small step was a bit disappointing on her seasonal debut, but the yard's been a bit out of form and the race didn't really get run to suit. So I think she's worth putting a line through. Yeah. Um, and hopefully she'll run a big race uh, next time out. And uh, now with a bit of warm weather, these fillies, they like they like a bit of warm weather. Hopefully that will bring her on and uh, she'll be much more competitive the next time. Uh, Mille Miglia has been waiting to run for ages, but uh, obviously we've had a lot of wet weather. Uh, which hasn't helped her because Clive Cox thinks she wants decent ground, um, and uh, she's now she's got a, her blood wrong. So typically she hasn't been able to run since we last spoke. Um, and uh, that that your group has got a, a very nice group of babies, um, uh, including a filly called Plagiarise with Huey Morrison who's shaping up nicely. Um, uh, we've got also uh, Dorothy, who's uh, she's actually having a, a spring break at the moment, but she's a full sister of Tassaria and the Tin Man, and um, she's a nice filly. And Emily Post of Ed Bethel's is, is going nicely at home and won for probably July time. Um, and and then Trouble Afoot, who's uh, with Roger Charlton. She's only been with me back, she's been only arrived at the yard about three weeks ago, but she settled in really well and she looks a nice filly. So there's lots to look forward to. Um, so the quiet issue on the action on the two hot shot fronts at the moment, but that's because four babies they have they're not quite ready yet but uh, it should be a really fun uh summer with them so um lots to look forward to good and uh, what about royal ascot has hot truck got anything lined up for royal ascot at all or is it uh yeah we do uh, very exciting so we've got get ahead uh for hot truck one is going to run in the queen mary on the second second race of the second day right and she's been going really nicely um she 
had a race course gallop this week and she's gosh, she shows a lot of speed at home and she, she was a winner on her debut of course at Ascot uh, three weeks ago and uh, we're Clive is very bullish about her and and look, it will be a 20, 20, 20, 25 runner race, so it'll be very hard to win. But, but that said, she, she couldn't be held in higher esteem at home, and uh, really hopeful that she might be, that she might go 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 really well in that. She's at twelve to one anti-post at the moment, but uh, um, quietly very hopeful she can run a big race. And this that's the race we won a few years ago with heartache. Yeah, so, quite. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not sure lightning can strike twice, but you can always dream. Well, why not? You know, let's be positive about this. And who's any idea who's riding? Uh, Adam Kirby will ride her. Um, he's a stable jockey at Clive. Yeah. They, they always have. Uh, Adam can't do below nine stone, so in certain races he can't always ride Clive's horse. But but um, in this case, it's nine. The races the uh, nine. All the horses, all the mares, all the fillies even carry nine stone. So and, and so Adam can do that. Good. Okay, then, Sam. Well, thank you. That's a, a very concise but uh, up-to-date uh, breakdown of what's happening at Hot to Trot. And for our listeners, if you want to get in touch with Hot to Trot, just give Sam Hoskins a ring or go to their website, which is www.hottotrotracing.com. Is it? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And uh, yeah, uh, be great to hear from anyone. And take it from me, it's worth it and it's good fun. So, Sam, thank you very much for joining us again. Look forward to speaking to you in a couple of weeks where maybe we have some more runners. Perfect. Thanks, Eddie. Good to talk to you. Well, that was Sam Hoskins, the head honcho from Hot to Trot Racing. And as I said, if you feel like you want to get involved, please do so because it's a fantastic organisation, a lot of fun and some good horses. Now we're going to switch sports to the jumping variety of horse racing and we're going to catch up with Jamie Snowden who's been hitting the heights just lately. Yeah, just down the, M- the M5 or whatever we are. Good afternoon Jamie, how are things with you? Hi Eddie, yeah, good form, thanks very much. Good, on your way back I can see from, from racing but uh, you're flying still. Two seconds well, in the first... Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're running well. We had another winner on Monday in a couple of seconds today. And, um, yeah, hopefully um, oh, they, they, seem, they seem in good order, which is great news. So what's the difference? I mean, is it the sunshine coming out encouraging the horse? I know horses like a bit of sun on their backs. Is it that or, or what? I mean... Yeah, no, um, you know, as we, as we know, it was a, a nice season last season, but um, it's always nice to jump off on the on the new season on the right first. And, and um, to get, you know, I think there's... We've had eight winners so far, so um, so it's, yeah, it's really good. We we won't have that many through the summer, obviously, but um, thankfully the ones the ones that we have got are, are running well. And, and is that sort of above average for you, for say compared to last season, for example? Well, last season was very, very different, but um, the pandemic obviously took out the first three months of the season, so we we didn't get going until July August last year. So. Um, yeah, starting off in May is always always great. The ground is usually very nice. There's a bit of spring spring ground, a bit of rain, a bit of sun, and the ground in May tends to be really really quite nice. So um, I always try and have a, a a good start if we can, and it kind of means you can um, take a take a bit of a breather and and, and you know, when you're not chasing your tail, you tend to make the right decisions. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So um, got a couple over the weekend. I'll just. Uh... I'll just have to get it up on the computer in a minute. Hang on one second. Good old computers, they never do. There we go. Uh, yes, you've got three on Saturday. And of those, what would you reckon? Yeah, so um, Sarah Mina goes up to Hexham. She's a, 
which is a, a nice filly, a three-year-old filly. It's the first juvenile of the season up there. So um, it is predominantly sort of for, for flat horses, really, um, who, are, who are taking to jumping for the first time. And really, a lot will depend on jumping. Um, yeah. one th- the one thing we do know about Saramina is we, we've had her for, for some time now, and we've been doing an awful lot of jumping with her, and she jumps really well. She'll, she'll stay the trip, um, and she'll jump. And these juvenile hurdlers, if you stay and you jump, you're going to have half a chance. So she might take on some, some slightly higher rated horses than her on the flat. But but you like to hope that stamina and jumping comes to the fore, especially around a track like Hexham. And, and hopefully our mare jumps and stays and, and she gets the £7 allowance off, off the others. And hopefully she'll go there with, with half a chance. Jolly good. And then uh, you got How Do You Do at uh, Worcester. Yeah, we've got How Dilly Do and Sarah Nisa in the same race down at Worcester. How Dilly Do won nicely last time out. It was um, a very good ride for, from, from Gavin in a small runner affair, and, and he dictated the fractions well from the front and and, um, and and turned it into a little bit of a sprint from three out. She won nicely. Um, she's gone up two pounds for that, and she runs here again on, on Saturday. Um, it's a, a more competitive race this time, and we probably won't have, um, have the sort of... Uh, the race run to see perhaps but um she'll, she'll go there with a chance and serenisa um she's off a a, a low handicap mark um, she's been placed in a couple of uh, bumpers and, and novice hurdles and and stepping up in trip it'll be nice to see uh, a little bit of promise from her do you ever find you know is there a conflict of interest when you've got the same ho- uh, two horses in the same race um well no if it's the right race you you, you can't you, you've got to run you've got to run both horses yeah um, you know obviously the, the program book dictates slightly where where these horses go and, and uh, if they're both fit and well and you think it's the right race for both of them you, you've got to run them yeah yeah no it's just a thought that was all um now obviously it's derby day on saturday and i know you're you're a jump trainer not a, uh, a flat trainer but i'm sure you will have some uh, mild bit of interest in what's going on at epsom what's what's your sort of best memory of the best race you saw in the derby since you've been involved um well that's a very good question i think i tell you what one of the one of the one of the races that really sticks out not necessarily for for, for being being the best derby was was when we first moved into Folly House, which was uh, 10 years ago. And Paul Moir won, won the derby, and Mikael Barcelona stood up and waved to the crowd about five strides before the line and, and only just hung on. But um, there have been some memorable derbies over the years, obviously. And I know it gets crabs a little bit these days, but um, it is, to me, it's still one of the one of the flat races of the year, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was going through, especially for the show, to, to look at some of the old ones, and when you see Shergar, I mean, that was just majestic, really, and, uh, you know, fantastic. And Slip Anchor was another one I thought was, was, was very good as well. Yeah, and, and obviously, you know, as, as far as the National Hunt Games are concerned, you know, a lot of these these derby winners do end up starring starring jumps horses as well so uh it's certainly one to one to one to keep an eye on yeah absolutely well i should be keeping an eye definitely that's for sure <laughs> who um who i i haven't seen the final declarations but who um who are you gonna have a bet on this year eddie uh, I really, honestly, I, I, I'm not joking. I haven't even looked at them. I, I've been told third realm, but uh, that's about the only the only one that I know of, really. Ro- Roger Varian sources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I suppose I suppose from a, a nostalgic point of view, John John Leeper, named after John Dunlop, mm. would, would be uh, would be quite a nice one. Trained by trained by uh, 
my head. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely, that would be, though. But I suppose, you know, Aidan O'Brien's going to have the favourite and probably half the field as well. So uh, it always gets a little bit sort of unbalanced, I think, a little bit. But there we go. It'll it'll be... Yeah, Bolshoi, Ballet. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's very nicely. That's the But, you know, the derby's the derby and whoever wins will be the best horse. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Exactly. So exactly. good. So good. Well, have a, hope, a, a great Saturday, um, Jamie, and I hope you have a few more winners. I should be keeping an eye. And um, well, let, let, let's hope for a birthday winner on Saturday. Uh, it's my um, forty, whatever it is, something birthday. Wow! Happy birthday, then. Um, you've got a long way to go to catch me up yet, but there we go. <laughs> Well, I've got Gavin next door to me. Let's hope he can provide a birthday winner. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, uh, put him under pressure. Put him under pressure. Well, that was Jamie Snowden on his way back from racing today with uh, stable jockey Gavin Sheehan next to him and trying to get a little bit of extra motivation there, I think, on the quiet, Jamie. But uh, best of luck for the week anyway. And now it's time to just pop round the corner, really, because we're both in Lambourne and catch up with our flat trainer, Tom Ward. <laughs> Well, good evening, Tom. Um, what sort of a week have you had? Had a good week, yeah. We've been fairly quiet on the runners' front. We had two two runners at uh, Windsor on Monday. They both ran well, so it's yeah. happy then. But yeah, we've been uh, yeah we've been fairly quiet, but getting getting everything ready at home, and we've got a few sort of a few runners in the next few days. So see what we can do. But second, third, and fourth, you know, not bad, really, considering. No, exactly. No, they're running well. They're mm. running well, which is key. That's that's what you key. want. The only disappointing one, I suppose, was Capote's dream. Any anything reason that he he didn't run so well? Uh, I don't. I think we've got to sort of look elsewhere. He wants. He's not very good on a straight track. I think he wants more of a turning track. So we might have to reevaluate and try and get him back on a slightly sort of more unorthodox place or, or track. What, per some, se. Somewhere like Chester, for example, or is that is that exactly? Of... We might be going there in a couple of weeks. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Got some runners, oh, three or four runners over the weekend. Can we talk about those a minute? Um, starting off with yeah. Tintoretto at um, Epsom tomorrow. Yeah, look, he's in great form. He ran a, he won one nicely last time. Um, he's, I don't know, H one. He's definitely worth an each way bet. Uh, he's in great order. I think obviously it's a competitive race, but he will handle the track. He will handle the ground. So everything's in his favour. So I'm hoping he'll run very well. Yeah. Um, obviously, winning would be, would be fantastic, but you should be hopefully finishing in, in the first three. And uh, the jockey? Tom Marquand, yeah, he's flying. He's had a great week. He's had two two trebles and yeah. a load of other winners, so he's in great form. So uh, okay. hopefully he can uh, he can add to our add to our winning winning favour. And then perhaps you could have an after party, as it were. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's a horse I fancy quite a bit. He's been working really well, so I'd be confident again he'd be a in the first three and he'd be a 16 to one shot so he'd be definitely worth a few quid each way because he's a great form and um, I'd be hopeful he'd run he'd be bang there anyway yeah and who's going to be riding him uh, Kieran Schumark who's, uh, who's a very good jockey uh, who I use quite a bit so he's, yeah. he's a fantastic rider yeah and then uh, two more on Saturday then you've got Valentine Blues at Chepstow and Brown Isle at Chepstow yeah, Valentine Blues is a bit of an enigma. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be sort of putting your hopes up for her. Uh, she's not really produced the goods on the racetrack yet. She's got the ability to, but I'm not very confident in her, uh, her putting it all together. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brown Owl is having a second start, so she's going to learn a lot from that. Have a, hopefully, have a nice, 
again have a similar sort of education but she's she's a nice filly going forward she'll probably do better with a bit of time but she's uh, in good form better to concentrate on the top two then obviously yeah exactly exactly yeah, yeah. but um you know i see according to the racing post here you've you've got 78 percent of your horses are running to form in the last 14 days which is quite a good figure to have yeah exactly they're all in good shape so mm. try and keep that up would be key and hopefully run, keep running their races and then right. try and hopefully get their heads in front. Yeah, absolutely. Now, obviously, uh, Saturday is the Derby. Um, great race, obviously. Um, what are your yeah. What are your memories? Or your, have you had any sort of involvement with the Derby in any form since you've been training? Well, not not with runners particularly, but with um, obviously my first Derby I ever went to was when See the Stars won. Yeah. Um, but he's he's obviously been a fantastic. Well, it was, was a fantastic racehorse, but he's a fantastic stallion. Yeah. Um, so that would be my lasting memory of that race from the start. But no, obviously we watched countless Derby winners, and it's a fantastic race. And obviously, it looks like Aiden might be quite hard to beat on the weekend. But it's a, it's going to be a good good race, whatever happens. Looking back, though, you said you, you've seen. Lo- I mean, we all have, and I've been doing a bit of research, obviously, because we featured the Derby a bit in this week's program. But um, mm. what would you, what would you say was the the most impressive Derby win in in I don't know the last twenty or thirty years? I suppose Shergar's got to be up there, isn't he? When he when he when he romped home by yeah. sort of nearly ten lengths, um, he'd have to be the most impressive, I'd say. Mm. Having seen obviously his replays, etc. But he was he was a fantastic racehorse. Obviously, a shame what happened to him, but he was a, a superstar in terms of what he did. Yes, absolutely. And, and I thought Slip Anchor as well was was quite impressive. It wasn't quite as far yeah, in front. Agreed. But... Yeah, agreed. 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 Definitely. Uh, um, Definitely. And, and what about the most unluckiest loser? Well, it's a tricky one, I suppose. I mean, there's always an unlucky loser in every race, so I couldn't give you that. I couldn't give you one in particular, but there's always going to be one or two that well, don't I'll, quite get the uh, the trick. I'll, I'll throw one at you then. In uh, I think it was Sharastani's race, um, Dancing Brave. Oh yeah, okay, no, that's fair. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Well, he's obviously he's obviously proved to be a fantastic horse winning yeah. the arc, etc. So. No, I think he, like you say, he was unlucky that day. Well, but it's, um, but it's a couple more strides that he would have been there, wouldn't he? But uh, that's it, yeah, 100%. yeah. I've never been to the Derby. Have you have you actually been in you know at Epsom when it's run? I have, yeah. I've been there a few times. Yeah, um, it's a great, great uh, spectacle. Yeah, it's a fantastic race course. Um, but no, it's definitely definitely worth seeing. And your tip for the winner this year? I think Aidens will be hard to beat. I think Bolshoi will be very hard to beat yeah. um, on what I've seen. Hmm. And he obviously is well-touted, and the fact he's the his only runner is obviously a good sign. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it always amuses me how he rolls up with half the field, you know. Well, that's it. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I this, year, this year he's only got the one runner, so it's obviously a good sign for him. Yeah. I suppose just walking the bookies, I just want to bet one of uh, eight O'Brien, please, and then away you go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's got to be the exactly. way to do it. That's got to be the way to do it. Okay, then, Tom. Right. Well, thank you very much for all of that. Um, best no of problem luck. at all. Best of luck for the weekend. Uh, good luck to everyone and we'll uh, yeah we'll speak next week okay Sounds mate that, that'll be great well that was Tom Ward and it sounds like he's got a couple of uh, horses that might well be worth following on Saturday so you heard him first here on Three Valleys Radio and now it's time to catch up with our resident tipster none other than the cheeky chappy Colin Brown well good afternoon Colin how are you 
Yeah, very, very well, lady. And you? Yes, not too bad at all. Not too bad at all, sir. And yourself? Look, oh, yeah, fantastic. I mean, it's just, this is one of the best months of the flat season, basically, June. We're into now, you know, we've got some, we've got the Derby the weekend, of course, and we've got Royal Ascot, and we've got then, you know, into July, we've got um, the uh, the Eclipse, uh, the Coral Eclipse at, um, at Sandown, and then we've got the King George at Ascot. We've got some fantastic racing in the next month or two, so yeah, can't wait, love it. Good, good. So we're going to Doncaster first, I think, is that right? We're going to have a little look at Doncaster because there's a couple of sort of quite interesting races up at Doncaster that I quite like. And um, we'll start with the two... No, 155. The 155 is a maiden fillies race and there's some really nice fillies in this race. Charlie Hills runs a lovely one called... Uh, uh, what's it called? Al-Yali. Al-Yali. It's called Dane O'Neill rides it for the Shadwell Estate. Uh, beautifully bred, um, and it's a half-sister to just the judge, which Charlie Hills won 700 grand with um, back in the day. Um, and it's, you know, it was a, she was a very good uh, filly, this. And um, she, of course, won the guineas for them, didn't she? and was third to Sky Lantern at Royal Ascot. And she won first time up. So I would expect number one in the 155, it's called Ayali, to win the first race, uh, the first two-year-old race at Donny for Maiden Phillies at 155. That's easy, isn't it? Yep. That's lovely job. Thank you. Thank you. You only thank me if it wins. Yeah. Um, right. Donny 305. Five, I think you'll find Dancing King will win. It's a three-year-old handicap. Normally they're graveyards, but um, this horse has just improved every run, and it's trained by um, trained by Mark Johnson. It's called Dancing King, and I think I think it's a horse that's uh, got you know a lot more improvement in it. So that's the one I like there, Dancing yeah. King. Yeah. In the uh, in that race at. Um, at Wolverhampton, at Wolverhampton, at Doncaster, should I say? Um, it's competitive. You've got Albert Camus in from the uh, stable of Gosden, but um, I think Dancing King wins it. Okay. Um, right, we've got so many meetings today, so many horses to look at. We don't want to sort of muddy the water too much by putting up too many tips. Um, how many winners do we have last week? Five. Did we? Mm hmm. Well, not brilliant. Not too bad. No. I hope. Um, I I hope Mary is on, don't you? Yeah, I do. I do indeed. Yeah, yeah. There was um, one was an eight to one shot for me. I just can't remember which oh, one it was. Oh, well, no, seven to one. Second I, wind. So that was all right. I tell you what. Last week, Mary and her lovely daughter Jean, were well, Jean gave 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 me a tip. Yeah, the Tizard's yard. So they're really getting into racing now down there in Gillingham. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. She gave me a tip from the Tizard's yard. Uh, sadly, it didn't win, but good try. You know, ran okay. Yeah. Will improve. So yeah. um, I'll keep an eye on it. Anyway, keep an eye on it. Right, let's go from Doncaster. I think from Donny, we're going to go to. I think we're going to go to Musselboro, aren't we? Okay. And have a little look. 
if that doesn't, if that's okay with you. Some good racing at Musselburgh, good track Musselburgh. They look after it really well. And there's a couple of real good races there. Uh, one of them I'd like to have a look at is the Edinburgh Cup at 325. It's uh, worth a nice bit of prize money. Um, but sadly, only six runners. I suppose the ground may be a little mm. bit on the um, fast-ish side there. But I think we'll find that William Haggis will win this with a horse called Dushan. Um, Haggis's horses are in good form. It's been the bridesmaid twice, went to the wedding at Haydock, one by three lengths. It's owned by Shaker Ekmed Elmac Tomb. is very nicely bred. Um, I would say it will take the beating. And that's number two, Dushan um, at Nosseborough in the 3.25. We've got a listed race there at four o'clock, Aidy. Um, mm-hmm. Holly Jaws Holly up there. I was hoping Holly was going to be um, at the Derby meeting where I am. Um, but um, sadly, no. So she uh, she's up there. Yeah, you got to go where you know you got to go where the um, where the uh, owners and and whoever takes you. In fact, she's up there for her retainer Imad El Sagar, and she rides also was second at Chelmsford the other day. It's won two of its nine races. It's called Breath of Joy, and um, I think it's going to probably take the beating uh, in this race. This horse is probably. Uh, probably a big improver, I would say. It's a breath of joy for me to take to take the uh, Musselburgh at four o'clock. Interesting in the race, Henry Candy, who normally doesn't go any further than about Sandown or Salisbury, trains just up the road from me. Um, he's got one up there called Juice. You've got to share an horse with Henry, haven't you? No, that was last year. Oh, last year. Was that? Okay, yes. well, you've had a share an horse yeah, with Henry. Um, so um, yeah, curious. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. What's that to curious? Um, gone to, uh, well, not to stud, but to, what's the opposite, just going to stud? Well, I mean, he's going to be a broodmare or whatever. Oh, right, okay. Out to the old pallets, okay. Well, there are my two tips from there. I'm going to have a quick look at um, Worcester. Worcester is a fantastic track. I mean, you could compare Worcester to... Newbury almost, um, you know, it's not the same grade as Newbury, but it's a bloody good track and um, some very, very good racing there. Um, Doesn't it have the tendency to get flooded a lot in the winter? It does get flooded when it's very, very wet. Yeah, it does get flooded. Yeah. So what happens then? You uh, you go around there on a boat, not a horse. Yeah. Right. Uh, that makes you, makes you really don't knock into one of the fences. But yeah, it has... Uh, <laughs> It has um, been flooded. I'll tell you a quick funny story. I rode one for Graham Thorne. He used to ride, of course, rode a Grand National winner. Yeah. Um, plenty of winners, Graham, champion jockey, um, a couple of times. Um, I rode one for him round there. It was a great big 18-hand thing that had a mouth on it like an anvil, pulled <laughs> like a train. Tw- 28 runners. I jumped off last because I could barely hold it. And it took a few sets of uh, shoes off on the horses in front of me because it just galloped into them and had a swerve round. Anyhow, I jumped off down the back at last, turned in the straight, got the second hurdle up the straight. I went into fourth place um, running away. And I was right on the outside, plenty of runners, and the horse went to run out. And luckily... It was just when the plastic rails had come in because 
He went to run out. The last minute decided he'd stay in, but I lost my balance, went straight out. I went straight <laughs> through this plastic rail. This plastic rail, if you look at them when you watch racing them jump snakes, you know, they're, they're like vertical things. And I went straight through this plastic rail, and I took two St. John's ambulance men straight out. Boom. Flat on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and then what happened was I was all right, walked away. They're lying there moaning and groaning. They take, took them to hospital in an ambulance. And so we had to wait. The racing was delayed by half an hour because you can't run a national, you can't run any racing unless you've got two or three ambulances on the track. So we one missing. We had to wait. I was all right. And they were like nearly dead. <laughs> but um, no, they did survive. Nice right. Worcester, let's have a little look. A bit of fun. Uh, right, there it is at Worcester, right in the middle of the card, an open national flat race. I don't quite know why, because normally, well, there's no more home races afterwards, but normally you have these races like the last race on the card. They I, do, I, don't they? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know why they, why, why this is. But anyhow, um, I'm going to go for a horse in this race that's never run. Um, it's always trained by um, Fergal O'Brien. It's called Zikayan. Quite nicely bred. I give it a bit of a chance. It's by a horse called Lucayan. Actually, it won the St. Legend. I rode him many times as Lucayan. I used to ride him at home because, um, well, he, he was with the yard that were just getting horses ready to go to into training. So I used to ride him a lot. He was quite good. So that's what I'm going for. Zikayan, number four at Worcester in the 4.05. It's pretty good racing at Worcester, although there's not a ton of runners there. Um, it is pretty okay racing. Um, but as I say, I suppose the ground is just a bit on the firm side. And like he's rightly said, quite often it's flooded, but um, not on Saturday. Right, let's move from Worcester, if you don't mind. We're going to have a little look at Chepstow, because Chepstow are dying to get back um, with crowds, and, you know, it's in Wales, so it's slightly different government and whatever. But it's always good at Chepstow. There's a guy called Phil Bell, who is the um, CEO of Chepstow, and he does just a great job. And the great thing about Phil is he's absolutely, you know, he absolutely um, loves his horse racing as a share in the other horse as well. So when you've got people that really love their horse racing, they not make a difference. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, running the track. And uh, he's passionate about it. So it's a good car. It's not a bad car, don't you, Chepstow? Um, and I think our first little tip is going to come there in... Oh, I've just sort of been tossing around with a few of the races there. Not quite, quite sure which one to go for. I think I'm going to go for something in the 7 o'clock here, right. and that is another stakes race. Um, it's pretty competitive, and uh, some quite nice uh, quite nice horses running in it. This um, Imad Al-Sagari, he runs quite a nice horse that was third at Wolverhampton the other day called Jinan, and he runs that in the 7 o'clock at Chepstow. Uh, wouldn't be the biggest surprise if this one won. Uh, normally, you know, horses that have had a little run, got a bit of experience, shouldn't really be far away. So that's the one I'm going to go for there. It's called, did you get it? 
Yeah, it's called Jinan. Jinan, number two. Archie Watson. Jinan. Usually Archie. Holly Doyle and Archie Watson, but not on this occasion. Well, same owner, but she's not, you know, jockeys aren't allowed now, Adrian, to ride at two meetings. So, yeah. sadly for a lot of them, especially the, what I call journeyman jockeys, I was at um, Brighton this week and I said to people like, you know, Charlie Bishop, Charlie uh, Bennett, and um, you know, a lot of those jockeys that don't always get on the best horses, you know, they could leave Brighton and ride the last two at Windsor on the way home, get themselves another 250 quid. But you're not allowed to anymore, which I think is a bit daft, because they say it's not good for the, your, um, you know, for your mental health or something, yeah. and you can't this and you can't that. I think it's blue and daftness off. But there we go. Mind rules you, she'd have a, we got she'd have a hell of a job to get from Musselburgh back down to Chepstow by six o'clock or seven o'clock. She would actually, yeah, she wouldn't be able to do it. But my, mm-hmm. you know, my example are just what, what they can and can't do. Yeah, no. Um, no there no, we go. There we go. It, in the age got, I don't know whether you're talking to uh, my mate Rod, Rodders, Melman, because he's got some Plato and that horse loves this track. I don't know whether it'll win here or not. It's beaten eight, ten lengths the other day when it ran Newbury, but it's not a bad horse that does love um, Jepso. So keep, I'm not going to tip it, Sir Plato, but keep an eye on it in, in the eight o'clock at. Um, uh, Chepstow on um, on Saturday. He he did mention um, it actually this morning uh, when I spoke to him, and uh, he's always he's always very complimentary about Sir Plato, and he's got another one called Sir Roderick, which reminds me of Monty Python and the Life of Brian. But anyway, that's another story. Um, but he didn't actually sort of say it would win, but he he he, liked, he loves the horse, and he he said the horse oh has already won ten times, so he said I can't see any reason why it might not win the eleventh time. So. You know. No, no, I quite agree. I quite agree. He's um, yeah, he's not a bad horse um, to boot. Yeah, no, he's pretty good. Um, yeah, talk about the life of Brian. I suppose you watch Forty Towers, do you ever? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Isn't it brilliant? I just it, it's the best on TV. I mean, there's so much rubbish on. Yeah. I like wildlife stuff, but there's so much rubbish on a lot of the time. That to watch Forty Towers is just absolutely. Well, that's yeah. fantastic. It it's absolutely is. brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So so what what horse are we going for in this eight o'clock then, or haven't you picked one yet? No, no. Well I was just mentioning the horse that um, I thought he might have tipped up and that was oh, right. um, yeah, Sir Plato. That was your horse, uh, yeah. Sir Plato. I'm not gonna tip him up because he's okay. won too many times and you yeah. know, if he wins he wins, that's great, but I ain't gonna tip him up, I don't think. Okay, fair enough. I I'm actually now uh, going to have a nice look at um, Epsom because we have the Derby and what a race it's been. And this year, there's quite a few stories um, relating to the Derby, including, um, you know, Eddie O'Brien. He's had eight entries, only got one runner, which is quite amazing, really. And um, it uh, swings and roundabouts because what happened in the race. If he'd had two runners, Frankie would have ridden it. Now Frankie's jocked off poor old uh, Adam Kirby on um, John Leeper. I feel a bit sorry for Adam, really, but that's the way it goes, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's have a good look at Epsom. Okay. Go on, sorry. Did you say Epsom or Hexham? Epsom. Epsom, right. Where's Hexham? Epsom. Where's Hexham? I'll give up Yorkshire somewhere, or Northumberland, I don't know. 
Yeah, that's it. A lot of the average job followers are going to be. I'd rather be at Hexham than than Epsom, but I am, I am at Epsom on the top hat and tails on, and looking. Uh, yeah, they've only got four thousand people at Epsom, and I've got a job looking after four hundred people in one marquee, three hundred people in another restaurant. So I'm actually looking after about twenty percent of the racing crowd that's going to Epsom on um, Saturday. So. Well, you're going to be knackered by the time that racing's finished. Now nah, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. This I'm only sixty-five. Uh, um, I'll be fine. I just need to find them a few winners so yeah. I don't get too much abuse. Too much abuse, that's the thing. We shall see. And the first race on the car is a three-year-old handicap. And what people say about three-year-old handicaps is basically they are graveyards. Uh, Mark Johnson's got a good record at the track. He's got a few runners in it. Um, uh, and it looks uh, it looks pretty hard to try and pick the winner of the race, to be perfectly honest. Um... But uh, there's a nine minutes to go to post. We've got to find something for the listeners to back. King Frankel is the favourite. That's a Mark Johnson horse with um, with Ben Curtis in the tr- in the saddle, and it was a winner at Pontefract um, a couple of runs ago. But you know, I'm going to go for a horse that is owned by Jabra Abdullah, and it's um, trained by Mark Johnson. Buick rises about fourteen to one. And I reckon it's got a little each rate chance. It's called King Zane. And all of Johnson's horses are always trying. That's his motto. And um, he, he won't care which one runs because they're all doing their best. So that's what I'm going for. King Zane. King Zane. In the two third, in the two o'clock. Okay. The 2.35 is the Princess Elizabeth Stakes. Um, sponsored by Kazoo. It's a group three race. Um, a really, really, you know, competitive race of course um, the likely favourite is going to be uh, Memora trained by Simon and Ed Crisford Hannon's got a runner in the race it's, um, it's owned by the man that won the Oaks many years ago and that of course was William Barnett um, and looking through it's a very competitive race um, there's a horse called Ilicato that uh, won at Goodwood last time out from Agincourt, which was quite good form. Um, and that is uh, re- that is trained by Mick Shannon. Um, so that wouldn't be without a chance, to be perfectly honest, because uh, this horse, um, Agincourt, was, you know, has got some real smart form. But um, as I look down through the race, it's, uh, it's a pretty competitive affair. Um, so which one am I going to say to you will win? Well, it is a hard one to call, but let's go for a big priced horse trained by a good mate of mine. And it's called, and the form just could be all right. Actually, this horse, um, has run four times on the turf, never won, but it's been winning on the all weather. And, um, it's called Lottie Marie. And I give it a little each ray chance at around about 28 to 1. Good jockey, Sylvester D'Souza. Yeah, nothing wrong with him. Um, nothing wrong with him, um, AD. No. 310 at Epsom is the Diamond Stakes. I'm looking after people in the Diamond Restaurant, so we'll have to explain why the restaurant's called the Diamond and the race is called the Diamond Stakes. Um, uh, about, you know, all about a fantastic horse that used to win. 
plenty of races down there on the Epsom Downs. So what wins this one? Frankie Dettori, quite an unusual booking here on Duke of Hazard for Paul and Oliver Cole. Um, the Coles I started when I started in racing. I uh, I started my apprenticeship with them when I was 15. Yeah. I got paid a pound, pound a week, I got. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not bad, is it? No. Not bad. Never spent a penny of it. Anyhow, what wins? I'm going to go for Duke of Hazard from the Paul Coles table. Frankie rides it. Hasn't got bad form. It's a horse that's um, come down the handicap a little bit. You know, it's uh, come down about five or six pounds. Hasn't exactly set the world like of late, but um, we're last season. But wouldn't be the biggest surprise, eight to one each way bet in the three ten. Okay. Right on on three forty five. This is called the dash. It's a heritage handicap. They'll come down the hill like their backsides are on fire, and they'll be topping something like thirty five, no, about forty miles per hour, and that is fast on a horse going down a hill. Oh, yeah. um, the only time I've done that is at a, a trainer called Les Kennard years ago when a horse ran away with me down towards the yard and halfway down the hill I realised that it wasn't going to stop and there was a big brick wall at the bottom and a five bar gate and it had ducked out a jump at the first turtle that's why it ran down the hill with me um, and so I readily got um, prepared to jump off it doing 40 miles an hour and I slid along the ground for about 50 yards Les came down caught the horse, legged me back up, dragged it back up the hill, and we've got them jumping. So um, these horses, though, we'll have jockeys on, hopefully, um, will stay in one piece. What wins it? Oh, Christ, it is a blooming hard yeah. race. I tell you uh, what, if you pick the winner of this race, I'll buy you a drink. Will you really? Yeah. Well, I just do not know. It's so hard, it really is. I tell you what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the winner, though. Yeah. And it's called Yamu. Yamu, number 14 from the um, yard of uh, Ivories, is drawn right down the middle and uh, wouldn't be the biggest surprise if this one. He's not badly handicapped. Yamu, that's what I'm going for, number 14. Okay. Right, on to the Kazoo Derby. What a race, Bolshoi Ballet, the Lendertain favourite. He won the Derrinson Stakes in Ireland and um, you know you have to say McSweeney was well beaten behind him that day and I thought McSweeney just didn't get the trip but uh, the trainer said that he just was not ready on an off day didn't fancy it so tell me Colin before you go on what why is um, why is Aidan O'Brien pulled on his horse out then I don't know is the answer it's a bit drastic isn't it I mean about eight or something in there wouldn't it I know, and the entry fees would be, you know, thousands, not just hundreds. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know, I don't know. Hmm. So, what wins the derby? Well, Bolshoi Bally is obviously a real nice horse and wouldn't be the biggest surprise. Frankie Dottori rides second favourite, 13 to do John Leeper, um, who would, was on top at the end when it won a listed last time out. To be perfectly honest, I don't think the horse is good enough. Um, William Haggis rides a, runs a horse called Mafea, who could, I suppose, um, win it. He won that before with a horse called Shamit. Um, and he's been winning very nicely. Big chance. McSweeney, you have to 
you have to um, appreciate that John, Jim Boulder, age 79, had a fair bit of experience. And he didn't just say he's going to run in the derby. He said he would win the derby. So, you know, that is just a fair call, isn't it, really, when you look at it? Yeah, too right. Um, Hurricane Lane, for me, looks a big heavy horse. I'm not sure he'll act on the track. I don't think John Leeper will act on the track either. And then when I go on down through... You know, there's Youth Spirit one at some um, Chester, and there's a few bits and pieces in the race that have got chances, but um, not for me. So, tell you what, I'm going to give you three horses against the field in the Derby. None of them are the favourite. I'm going. I'm not saying I'm opposing the favourite, but I don't want to back it at eleven to ten. So, I'm going to give you three horses that your listeners can back each way. Put them in a little reverse exact combination. And, have a play about you know last week i said about that reverse exact combination you said i had five winners yeah that 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 combination reverse exact for 50p across your three quid or for a pound across your six um actually came off and it paid about 14 to one so all of a sudden really last week you know that is a winner as well so we did mm. a bit better than we thought yeah yeah so no, three horses well. i'm going to give you against the field eighty. Yeah. Number six at Epsom, Max Sweeney. You can't overlook him. If he had an off day behind Bolshoi Valley, he is a horse that, you know, step up and trip. He thinks will suit him down the ground. He's a right tool by all accounts. Um, and uh, I'm going to go for him. So he's one each way, Bet Max Sweeney, seven or one. I'm going for a horse called Adajar, which is ridden now by. Um, Adam Kirby, he was jocked off by Dottori, as I said just now, and this horse was second to third realm at um, Lingfield. He's trained by Appleby, Appleby's won the derby before, he's by Frankel, and I, you know when you get an outsider just getting the first three in the derby, this is the one I fancy, 33 to 1, Adiar number 1, but my main selection is going to be number 11, third realm, 12 to 1, Roger Varian trains it. He's half of the Cape Byron's and real good horses. And I think third realm, number 11 to beat six to beat one in the derby is my tricast. Okay, we'll go along with that. The next race is a handicap. I'm not even going to try and pick the winner. And the last race, 550. There's another handicap. It's a bit of a damper, really, because, um, you know, when these jockeys ride, they win the derby, and then they're going to be waiting the last race to go out for leather in the sixth furlong race because they've taken a ride. Then, you know, it's hard for them. But I tell you what, I will give you one in the last race. And again, it's trained by a mate of mine, Joseph Stewart. It's called Kimmy Five, number 11. Doesn't often win, but Oshin Murphy rides it today. And Oshin, let's hope, can get good tune out of it. It's got into a bit of trouble in a lot of races and been a bit unlucky in the past. It's fifth in the Stewart's Cup at Goodwood last year. Kimmy Five, K-I-M-F-I-V-E, um, number 11, in the final race there. So that's my selections. And um, listeners, I hope you have a great bit of fun. Watch the derby, have a bit of fun. Open a nice bottle of rosé, have a tin of beer, do whatever you like. But um, I hope we manage to give you a few winners. Well, I think the weather forecast is pretty good as well, so uh, all being well, you know, as you say, a nice bottle of rosé and uh, a couple of winners, you know, barbecue or something up there, it'd be a nice day out, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think you're right. I Uh, think it'll be a lovely day out. uh, It's a little challenge. Um, the The first person to come up to you, right... And say I've heard you yeah. on Three Valleys Radio. Uh, you'll yeah. buy him a pint. Oh right, okay, I'll do that. I'll and do that. And then I'll I'll, I'll I'll buy you a pint. So the first person who All comes right. up to Colin Brown at Epsom and says I've heard you on Three Valleys Radio gets a pint. How's that? Uh, lovely. There's just Thanks. no end to the man's generosity, is there? No end. Thank you. God, put my hand in my pocket. That means I'd better take the cash. Me, I never have cash anymore. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Good. So hopefully Mary doesn't go too mad on uh, uh, the weekend, though. Yeah, that's right. Well, let's hope she listened to those Derby tips. Third realm. And, um, and uh, what was the other one? Number one. Max Sweedy and, uh, and, and uh, Adiyar. And uh, and just a, another little note for the listeners: uh, those of you who who don't perhaps catch the program live on air, it is now available every week as a podcast. And all you need to do is to go to our website, which is www radio or one word dot com, and go to where it says podcasts and click there, and it'll take you through, and you'll be able to either listen to it or download it for listening at your own convenience. So there we go. There you go. There you go. Bob is your uncle, Fanny's your aunt. Absolutely. Very good. Right. Well, thank cool. you, Colin, for your usual no enthusiasm uh, for the job. I hope now you can uh, sit down, have something to eat, and uh, calm the dog down, and um, yeah, get yourself I've fit been, and ready to roll for tomorrow. I haven't even cooked it yet, and uh, and and the wife's not home till ten o'clock from work. Uh, so there we go. Oh. Plenty to do. It's tough at the top, isn't it? Eh? It's tough at the bottom. <laughs> okay, uh, Colin, thank you very much indeed, sir. You're a star. Thank you. Cheers, Eddie. Cheers, mate. Yep. Well, that was Colin Brown, as usual, in sparkling form, we hope. And now it's time to catch up with Dave Wilson at Harlequin Racing and see what he reckons is going to do well in the Derby. Well, good morning, David. Derby day How tomorrow. Are How are things? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, looking good. Uh, sun's shining. We've had a good week, so uh, it's been very nice and uh, settled weather for a for a few days now. So hopefully it'll uh, all settle down. Absolutely. So, as you say Derby Day tomorrow. And we're going to have a look at what's going on at Epsom for you. Okay. So we'll uh, crack on with the first race there, for two o'clock, and a horse that we like in that one is Patient Dream. Oshie Murphy, Rafe Beckett. It's currently priced up 9-2 with Bet365, and we're going to suggest a small win bet on this fella. Uh, he won over a mile at Epsom last time out, back on the 20th of April, and five of the rivals he beat in that race have all come out on one since. So obviously, it was a very strong race with lots of race winners in behind him that day. And the thing to note is five of them have come out on one, and there was only seven in opposition to him that day. So there was only two that haven't come out of that race, race on one. Yeah. So very, very, very strong form. And also, that was his seasonal debut, so you would think there's a bit more to come from him yet. And stepping him up in distance, a couple of furlongs as well. Uh, his Dan won twice, and both of them races was over a mile four, and Sire was a Prince of Wales Royal Ascot stakes winner back in 2013, so he was a one mile two horse as well. So everything suggests that uh, Patient Dream will stay the trip no problems at all, and as we say, 9-2, small win back to start the day off with. Righty-ho. 
Moving down to the second race, 2.35, uh, statement, David Egan's taking a ride for Martin Mead. Uh, won a nice maiden after finishing second twice as a two-year-old. I mean, came out in the Dubai Duty Free at Newbury and was beaten a short head by a good horse called Alcohol Free. And then running in 1,000 guineas where Statement finished eighth, which didn't actually produce too much of a good run in there. And she ended up getting beaten about six lengths or so by Mother Earth. Now, being a three-year-old in this race, she's getting 12 pounds in weight from most of her rivals. So obviously with the best form on show there at the moment and also getting 12 pounds in weight, nine to two, which is priced up with bet 365, is going to be our day's bank of bet of the day. So I think nine to two is an absolute massive price and I can't see nine to two being there tomorrow anyway. So right. that bet of the day statement in the 235 there at Epsom. Okay. Moving down to the 310 race, uh, Maximal, Ryan Moore, and Sir Michael Stout. Uh, currently priced up 4 to 1 with Labrooks. Uh, night statement in the previous race, this fella's going to be getting £12 off of his rivals. Obviously, he's a three year old and it's a weight for age allowances that they get. Uh, he's had runs at Newbury Newmarket and Sandown, and uh, a couple of them are undulating tracks, so hopefully, he'll take to Epsom pretty well. Uh, his reappearance run this year, he was second beaten a length by Hurricane Lane, who come out and won uh, Dante up at Doncaster, which is a Group 2 race, and Hurricane Lane's obviously going to be running in the Derby later on on the card. And Next time out, he finished third uh, a horse called John Lepper, and no, the third that day came out and finished behind John Lepper, a length and three quarters. Now, John Lepper's third favourite in the derby as well. So, Max Moore's form is actually lined up with quite a few of the fancies in the in the derby. So, in this race, fourth one looks to be a, a nice price. And uh, as I say, he's, he looks good. He's getting the weight and also the form stacks up derby material. So, Max Moore in the 310 race set. Righty, help. Moving down the card a bit further to the 345, uh, one that we like the look of here is Caspian Prince. Alistair Rawlinson is going to be taking the ride for McAppleby. He's currently priced up at 12 to 1 with Sky Bet, and they're paying seven places on the race at a fifth of the odds. So as long as he finishes in the first seven, you're going to be winning money on him. And he's going to be the day's nap each way bet. Now, stats show that he absolutely loves running over this course and distance. He's, he's had several runs at Epsom and won four times. And the funny thing is, he's running this race six times and he's won it three times. So stats are all in his favour now. Obviously, there was a few goings on last year. He didn't run in that race. But back in 2019, he was only beaten two lengths in this race where he finished ninth. But he was running off of a handicap mark that day of 114, and he's dropped all the way down to 96 now. So he's 18 pounds better in from when he last ran in this race, and he only got beat two lengths. So we'll be having a look at that now. Going back a little bit further, he won this in 2017 as well off of a handicap mark of 107. So it still leaves him 11 pounds one in from that run as well so 12 to 1 7 places on offer it's a bet you can't really miss so Caspian Prince in the 3.45 race now right moving on to the 4.30 race for Derby itself Belushi Ballet uh, Ryan Moore Aidan O'Brien not a great selection he's 5 to 4 favourite now the thing that we've noted is Aidan O'Brien's only got the one entry in the Derby this year he normally has 4, 5 or 6 runners in the Derby and he produces one 
which comes from off the pace or a big price one very often, but he's only got the one runner, which obviously means that he's very, very pleased with the way this horse is and uh, he, he won two races at Leopardstown this year already and last time out he looked like an absolute machine he won by six lengths from a very good field and he didn't even get into his full stride so I would imagine Aiden O'Brien sitting there buzzing about this fella and he hasn't even bothered entering any of his other horses in it so we'll be starting up with Blue Shy Ballet in the in the derby itself at five to four uh, as I say it is a derby horses do run a bit strange in it sometimes five to four is not a great price to take it's a be a bit cautious but obviously Aidan O'Brien's very confident he's going to win it with the one runner this year and uh, we're going to be siding up with him Right Moving down to the 515 uh, Soto Sizzler, O'Shea Murphy and Mr Mentiur uh, another course specialist and uh, obviously with Epsom being a big downhill round the corner track if punters don't know the difference what Epsom throws up to the normal tracks it's got a big downhill bit and then uh, levels out again after you come around Tattenham Corner so uh, you climb all the way up there come around the corner down the hill and into the home straight so it's, uh, it's a bit of a unique track so Soto Sizzler as I say is a bit of a course specialist he's had a few wins there and uh, last time out he well second to last time out he run behind Group 1 Power and got beat three quarters of a length at Epsom and Group 1 Power is reopposing today but it was only three quarters of a length between the two of them at the end of the race and there's four pound reversal in weight so 11 to 2 looks well worth having an each way bet four places with William Hills on Soto Sizzler in 5.15 Right. Moving on to the last race on the card, the 550 race. We're going with a horse here called Pinto. It's going to be ridden by Jim Crowley and trained by Amanda Perrett. Last run can be ruled out as up in Scotland on very soft ground at air and it's not the type of track and not the type of going that Tinto wants to be on. And since that run, he's been dropped three pounds as well. So he's got a very good chance on his form. Uh, Goodwood when he was two runs back and the thing that we've noted is this on the 3rd 4th of June last year Jim Crowley rode him in a race at Newmarket and he was off of a handicap mark of 100 that day and he's down to 96 or 95 for this race and he absolutely skated in at 40 to 1 so he likes his time of year he likes his track and it's priced up at the moment with 16 to 1 with Sky Bet with five places on offer. So it's well worth having a small each way bet on Tinto in the 550 round. So that's what we've got for you at Epsom tomorrow. And hopefully we'll have a few winners on the card and uh, rob them bookmakers for everyone as, as we normally do. So you'd put down the fact that Aidan O'Brien has pulled most of his horses out down to the fact that he thinks that Borshoi Bull is home and hosed. Oh, I do, yeah. I think he's not even... He probably knows how close the other horses can get to it at home and he's pr- nothing's probably getting anywhere near it so there's no point running them and uh, saving them for a different race or yeah. something else. But it's very, very unusual for Aidan O'Brien to only have for one runner in the Epsom derby and uh, it, it, it's an alarm bell signal for me that obviously he fancies his horse with his yeah. with the confidence that he's showing by only putting the one in there. So. Yeah. yeah. OK, well, we will see, won't we? We shall. Yeah. I hope everyone has a great day and uh, hope the sun stays shining. So. Well, it certainly is at the moment, so let's hope it stays that way anyway. Excellent. Lovely. Okay, David, okay. thank you very much, mate, and uh, we'll speak to you next week. Will do. Take care. Thanks a lot. Well, there we go. That was Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing, and it brings to an end a very full Derby special show this week. 
So, I hope we've given you some hints for what's going to win the big race. Join us again next week. Usual station, usual time. And in the meantime, keep listening to Three Valleys Radio. Good night.